The late, great Fannie Lou Hamer once said, All my life I've been sick and tired. Now I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. My name is Tim Black. Welcome to the Pause with Tim Black podcast. Tonight's podcast is going to be something something to be shared, something to be remembered, something to be listened to again and again. The topics include a class action lawsuit against a white juvenile judge who sentenced young black children to jail as young as six, seven, eight years old. Meek Mill's controversial tour bus artwork. Carl Cavalier, a Louisiana State Trooper, whistleblower, and now soon to be unemployed. And last but not least, Stacey Dash. A few words about Stacey Dash and her recent resurfacing. Become a member of this podcast. Follow this podcast at timblackpause.com. Write a review. Get two. Cut the check. Wristbands. What you don't support goes away or gets co-opted, so support this podcast. I'm your man, Tim Black. Cut the check. We good on Facebook? We good on YouTube? All right, people, what's going on? My name is Tim Black. Welcome to another edition of Pause with Tim Black. I'm glad you could make it. I know you have so many other shows you could go watch. I mean, real talk, man. Everybody's putting out content these days. Everybody is a content creator. Give it up for all the content creators. And uh, go to hell, too. Yeah, go to hell. Too many content creators. Everybody's creating content. Everybody want to be a, a commentator. Everybody want to be journalists. Everybody want to be a vlogger. Everybody wants to uh, comment, comment on political issues, or social issues, or race. Everybody. I mean, look, I'm not saying, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm qualified. I mean, you know, I don't want to be a snob or nothing, you know. You know, you know I've done a couple of things. That's not the point. It's just like everybody's doing this, man. And so you're going to get your good. You're going to get your bad. You're going to get your ugly. And some of this shit is ugly, y'all. Ugly. So we got, we got some stuff tonight. tonight. Tonight's going to be a good show. All right? So share this on your social now because... You know, because for one, you're part of the, you know, cut the check crowd. Hashtag cut the check, right? And because what we do on this show is pretty different than any other show you're going to watch. Because what you have before you is a black, bald-head mofo who don't give a damn about pleasing nobody except himself and the people that he's fighting for, which are black folks. See how bold that was? I know when people first hear it, they'll be like, even black people are a little, a little bit uncomfortable, like, what? Well, see, here's the deal, guys. I say it. I say, hey, this show, Tim Black, I'm fighting for the liberation of black people. I'm fighting to be a voice for black America, for American descendants of slaves, for black folks in America who are not born into wealth, who are born into blackness first. No matter what they're born into, they're born into blackness. Whether they're born gay, straight, 
perpendicular, octagon, horizontal, however they born. The point is, we are black and we live in America. Here's the thing, guys. Other people, they don't say that they're here to, to push for white supremacy or for white America or whatever, but they are. Yeah, by default, you are. I mean, unless you're going to stand up for black people, you're pushing for white folks. Because that's the way America's built, man. It's the default. The default is not Tim Black and all the brown and black people and Asian folks. Nah, motherfucker, it's white. <laughs> it's white. They just don't say it because they don't have to say it. They don't have to say it. It's to be expected. You got white execs. You got white writers. You got white content. You got white owners. You got white investors. You on white networks. Come on, man. Oh, you the, you the, you're the rebel. Yeah, right. So that's what's beautiful about this show. But also another catch to this show, guys, and we're going to get to it in a minute. It's 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes a little bit longer, where it's a black man who cares about black people, fighting for the liberation of black people, down for reparations, a strong supporter of a black agenda. And guess what? He's not doing this hoping he could go get a job working for a white organization or a white company or get a slot in a white network. That's another thing. See, I try to be nice to people, but they don't deserve nice. Fuck nice. Let's be real. Okay? Real is close to nice as your ass gonna get. All right? These people, most of these people are fighting for slots in white networks or hoping white people pick them up to do a show or get them a book deal or push their album or get a team around them full of a bunch of white people. Like, that's what it all is, man. So, look, this is a beautiful thing, guys. So, I encourage you to go to TimBlackPause.com. What you don't support goes away. What you don't support becomes co-opted. Become a member. Follow this podcast. Binge listen to Tim Black Pause podcast. Now, The theme, of the, day, the theme of today's show is don't fall for the okey-doke. Yep, don't fall for the okey-doke. Don't fall for the So many of y'all falling for the okey-doke. Don't fall for the okey-doke. Stop falling for the okey-doke. It's lame, okay? And, I'm, and So that's our overarching theme. Keep that in the back of your head because as I go through a few things, it's really important for you to, to remember, that's the motive. That's what I want you to learn. That's that's where we got to be. When you leave this show tonight, you got to be thinking, damn, that's Tim Black, man. His head was glistening. You know, he, I don't know. Sometimes he didn't use correct English. He was a little harsh and shit. But you know what? He right. I ain't falling for the okie doke no more. Damn. Hey, even my haters, I want you to be like, I hate that mofo. Can't stand his ass, but... Yeah, you're right. Shouldn't fall for the okie-doke, because it's important. Now, as we get into this, we got to start it like we're supposed to start it now. You know the deal. Cut the check. Cut the check. All up in here. Say it without chest. 
Nobody's talking about cut. Maybe now they're saying cut the check because they, they saw a Tim Black show. They saw a Tim, they saw a Tim Black pause show. They're like, oh man, I like that. That's good. Let me let me eat these buttermilk biscuits and go learn say some cut the check. Let me let me start saying cut the check too. That's something that they could catch on. That might be good. I think I might start saying that. That sounds like he he's starting something. That might that might be good. The originator ain't none greater. Seventeenth letter. Now before I get into the meat of this, I gotta start off with this because one of my people, one of my people that watch the Tim Black Paul show, a supporter of the show, I guess. I hope they are. One of my people, they uh, they contact, you know, they went my comment section. And yes, I do respond to comments. I was on Facebook responding to comments, and somebody was like, what the fuck? Tim Black responds to comments? I didn't know Tim Black responds to comments. Then he proceeded to say a bunch of dumb shit, so I blocked him. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> nah, I didn't block him. I blocked the guy standing next to him. Just to you know, I got to switch it up on him. You know, keep him, keep him on their toes. Ah, right, he'll create a new account and come back. That's what trolls do. Anyway, the young lady, she commented on one of my videos that I talked about Bill Maher, Killer Mike, and Rob Costa. Robert Costa from the Washington Post. They had a show where they talked about defunding the police. They talked about other things. I didn't watch the other things. I watched the clip about defunding police. That's the only part of the show I could stomach to watch. I ain't one of these Bill Maher fans. Okay? So, and I watched it with the intentions of commenting on it. Only reason why I watched it. It's part of my work. Okay? So, I don't know. Maybe during the course of that show, they talked about other things. I don't know. So, in my comment thread on that video, guys, and you can go see it, it's public record. The young lady says, Tim Black, if you ride with Killer Mike, I can't ride with you. Because Killer Mike, Killer Mike said that mural that Meek Mill had on his tour bus was art. It's like, oh, okay. Well, first of all, I think I'd heard about the mural or something about Meek Mill, but I got so much work on my damn desk. These are individual pages. I do so much, motherfucker. I do so much work, sister. I hadn't really looked into the Meek Mill situation. That's just keeping it 100 with you. Okay, so I, I, had, I said, well, first of all, I was pissed when she said it because she said it like she's going to pull back her support of the show. Then I looked and she wasn't a supporter of the show. So what she really meant was, I'm going to stop watching your content for free, nigga. If, uh... If you don't act right, I ain't going to give you my free viewership no more. <laughs> Which is really fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. That's how people do. They're, they think they're punishing you for not allowing... She, she thought she was punishing me by not allowing me to entertain her and educate her for free. My people, my people, my people, my people! So anyway, but then I thought about it. I said, Tim Black, you're looking at this the wrong way. This woman is obviously a supporter of your show. If not by membership, she's a supporter by, in her heart. She admires your work. She's watching your work. So she admires what you do. She's a fan of your work. She also cares about what you say. 
and she's hoping that you will stand up for her. And standing up for her, by extension, she means stand up for all black women. Now, she ain't say that shit, but that's what she meant. I like my second version of it better, don't you? And if I could look at things like that and have the ability to step back out of a situation, initially, I'd be doing a lot better. So I'm a work in progress, right? Initially, I thought, who's this motherfucker? She ain't no supporter of the show. Talking about threatening me to leave. But the second I, th- I thought better of it, I said, you know what? She threatened me to leave because, to leave because it kind of probably hurts her feelings if I don't step to this. So anyway, lady, I'm going to step to it, but know this. Nothing I'm about to say here is about you staying or going. You can stay or go. That's on you. I don't modify my sense on shit based on what somebody thinks about how mad they get or how happy they get. That ain't how this works. If it starts working that way, it's garbage like most of the shit you consume every day. When we start tinkering around trying to please the audience or please the station manager, if I start doing that, I'm no better than the folks that you hate watching. Get what I'm saying? All right. So now let's get into this Meek Mill mural. I'm not going to show pictures on this because I don't even want the Tim Black podcast to start that way. And because this goes out as a podcast, the Tim Black Pause podcast, because this goes out as a podcast, I don't want my people to be missing what the images are. Obviously, you can't see a podcast. So for those who don't know, let me describe this for you. Meek Mill is a great rapper. Irrelevant. He's a rapper from Philadelphia who has a tour bus. It's a big-ass tour bus. So it's a hell of a canvas to put artwork on. On this tour bus, he has pictures of black women in different poses um, of a sexual nature. Sort of like you'd see at a strip club. And, like I said, they're in various positions of erotica. Okay? Um, He has some pictures of, like, money and pictures of other stuff. Now, when I say pictures, I should say drawings. There are renderings on the bus. It's not actual photographs. It is someone's art because someone drew that shit. Okay? So, technically, it's art because somebody drew it. Even if it's photography, it could be considered art. But these are these are not pictures. These are not images captured. These are something someone drew. Okay, period. There's been a lot of scrutiny about this because, well, some people are upset about it and some people are not so upset. Here's the thing. There was this white guy in Philadelphia who saw it. He filmed himself walking past the tour bus, walking around the tour bus, and he went on a rant, condemning it, saying how horrible it was, saying this rant makes black women look horrible. This is degrading. This is disgusting. This, this objectifies black women, and black women don't need this. Black woman, you deserve better than this. Don't you deserve better than this? My kids don't need to see this. We don't need this in the area. We don't need people walking around seeing this type of filth, this type of nonsense, this type of degradation of black women. It should not stand. If if we have any respect for black women, this should be taken down. This needs to go. The man went so far to say, this is what's wrong with our society. This is the erosion of our ethics, our morality. And this is downright demonic. What you see here is demonic. This is the collapse of civilization. The collapse of family. The collapse of our ethics. It undermines the family structure. It undermines who we are and what we should aspire to be. And particularly 
The fact that it is a black woman or black women are the ones sprawled out, displayed in such callous, callous forms. Shipping them of their humanity, shipping, shipping them of their beauty, their soul, and, and diminishing them as if they're nothing more than just bodies to flaunt. Well, I watched that. And I was like, wow. Wow, this white guy's really, this white guy's, <laughs> boy, I tell you, man, this white guy's right like a motherfucker, man. He is on point. Yeah, he's on point, man. Look, man, right is right. I don't give a fuck who said it. Now, it's not missed on me that when I say right shit sometimes, I don't always have the whites on my, you know, on my side because I'm talking about them. But the fact of the matter is, what the fuck? The fact of the matter is, he's right. But it ain't about him being right. Anybody can see that. Anybody can see that a, a busted towards the street. See, it's one thing if he had it on a record, on top of a record or outside of a record case or whatever, or something you download. Well, your kids should not be downloading Meek Mill albums. You got 12-year-old kids. 10-year-old kids, they should not be downloading McMill. That's a problem with the parent. A problem with the website. Okay? But a tour bus is something anybody can see walking down the goddamn street. Alright? And we can't put a blind on everybody's eyes just because McMill would have had this shit on his bus. So, that's the difference here. But if it was this, if it was a record label, I mean a record album cover, I'd be okay with it. Or I'd be not okay with it. It ain't about me being okay and not being okay. Get what I'm saying? It's about I would have criticism for it to the extent I have now. This is fucked up on many levels because it does demoralize women. It ain't a good luck. It ain't what we need. And it's doubly bad because it's not for the whole world to see. Everyone gets to see it, children included. Maybe I don't want to see it. Maybe I got my grand got my granddaughter with me. And we go, I'm going to buy an ice cream cone. And I'm walking by and I see this shit. And now I gotta explain to my daughter why this woman, why he got the pictures of black women with their ass in the air. Or maybe I don't want my 12-year-old son seeing that. Maybe I want him to respect women the way I respect my his wife, Mrs. Black. The way I respect his mother, my wife, Mrs. Black. Maybe I don't want him to think that way of women. Maybe I'm raising him to see women in a different way. Okay, so now I got to have that conversation with him about this shit and remind him, and maybe people can use that for that tool. But see, I don't think McMill put this on his bus so that you can have a learning moment with your granddaughter or with your, or with your son. I think he put it on his bus to draw some attention. And my thing is this, McMill, you're already getting attention, dog. You're already one of the top 10 most popular rappers in the world. Why the fuck you need to put that shit on the mirror or put that mirror on your bus so people will talk about you? Let your music speak for you, player. Let your music talk for you. Let your artistry talk for you. You're doing so many good things. Why fuck it up like this? Are you trying to compete with Lil Nas X? Has he sucked all the air out the room that now motherfuckers got to come up with ways to compete because he's doing such a good job of manipulating? that you felt like, hey, let me jump into this arena as well. Man. At the end of the day, it's his choice, of course. I'm not saying anyone should 
boycott Meek Mill because he has a mural. I would say maybe he. Sh- I would say he should take another look at this shit and decide if this, if this is the way he want to rock. And I'm sure he's going to do what he wants to do. So, you know, hey, do what you want to do, boss. But just know, all the sisters that watch this podcast, and to be real, I had no idea I was developing a woman fan base to this point. You know, I'm kind of a bold black man who talks pretty, pretty masculine. I didn't think the sisters was really into it, but to all my sisters that are watching and my brothers that rock with the sisters, um, I respect your opinion. I respect how you feel on things. I mean, I'd always be thinking to comment on a certain story. So you can always send me something if you want me to comment on it. Send story suggestions to client care at TimBlackTV.com. Because for real, for real, I wasn't going to cover this shit. I mean, I'm on reparations, the black agenda, and politics. But I don't got a problem talking about social issues either. Because a lot of times we fall for the okie doke. Yeah, we fall for the okie doke because, see, here's the thing. Here's the problem. There's a lot of people out there who are doing journalism or commentary who should not be doing it. There's a lot of people out there who are all of a sudden commentators. Maybe they're artists. Maybe they're actors. Maybe they're singers, musicians. Maybe they're athletes. They could do a, you know, they, who knows where they come from, but the thing is, they are not. Their career goals are not journalism, politics, social critique, race relations, or social justice, or civil rights, or environmental rights. Like their, their real goal is none of those things. It's not excelling in the print, in either print or radio, talk radio, or any anything in that realm. But they they are talking. And they get a mic and a platform because they are popular, because they are celebrities, or they are known, and they have a following. But you are falling for the okie doke when you listen to them because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Look, guys, there's a lot of time that's put into doing a job of commenting on issues that affect the world. And if we're talking about issues that affect the black community, people need to know what the fuck they're talking about. The problem we have is we have people commenting and people who have a following who get listened to who have really not done any work. Yeah, I look, I'm not here to shit on them, but you're falling for the okie doke when you take their word just because it rhymes with your word or just because you agree with it. You can agree with something and still be wrong. Now, both y'all motherfuckers wrong because no one's done any research. See, once upon a time, there was a, a journalist. I forget his name. But he's a famous journalist. I think he said this around the 60s or the 50s or something. And I know I'm butchering the quote. I don't remember who he is, but I remember what he, I remember the, the, what he said, or at least the, the theme of what he said, and it was this. As a journalist, your job is to report what the powerful don't want you to tell. Anything else is public relations. Now, that's not exactly right, but I've remembered it for the last 20 years of my life because that's how long I've been involved in journalism or in writing or in public speaking. These people, too many people who have aspirations to do shit like get a network spot 
or to be on someone's record or to get a deal doing some show. All those things could cloud their judgment as to what's real and what's not real and also color their reporting to you. So that shit is important. So we fall for the okie doke. We think these people are focused on what we want them to be focused on. In a real, in a world, in the best world, the best case scenario, you'll have athletes talking about athletics because that's what the fuck they know. Like I'm gonna talk about boxing like a former boxer would. Stephen A. Smith ain't got no business talking about Black Lives Matter. You don't. What the fuck he know about civil rights? What the fuck he know about? Uh, um, Protest, activism. What's he know about it? Here, motherfuckers all the time talking, but they have no call of reference. Does he know of anything about the stats, about police interactions, police brutality? So they have conversations without context. And what I'm saying is, when someone like Meek Mill does some shit, Instead of people calling them out for it, they were too busy worrying and maybe later on they could do a track with McMill. Or maybe later on they could go on a tour with McMill. Or maybe later on they might meet McMill at the grocery store or they might meet McMill at a party and he'll be like, hey man, what's up? Be like, yeah man, what's up? Hey, remember that time I get a story about you? Yeah, I remember that, man. You my dog. We cool. I got you. Let me put some money in your pocket. All these types of fantastical uh, uh, wishes start going through their fucking head when it's time to tell Meek Mill, hey Meek Mill, you done fucked up, son. Hey Meek Mill, what the fuck is this? See, that's what time this is. But see, they don't give Meek Mill the benefit that, benefit of that because they're too busy thinking about what they could get out of associating with Meek Mill. So they go easy on Meek Mill or they ignore it altogether. I don't have that motherfucking problem. In fact, I limit my associations with people just so that happens. Just so I'm not tainted by my relationships with them. I'm not looking for them to give me a spot. I take one. I'm a human being. I got bills. I got things I want to do. But if I'm going to miss an opportunity because I said some shit, some hard shit, well, as a grown-ass man, it's my job to work some motherfucker well, to do some motherfucker well, that I don't need you. And if you don't want the best in the game because the best in the game calls you out about a fucked up mural, you don't deserve them. I go work across the street. <clears throat> the sad thing is, this is not a popular opinion. Most people are looking out for their own best interest. But when I bring you this show, and I'm not just, let's not make this about me. When Dr. Cornell West is talking, we listen to Dr. Cornell West because we hope and we believe that Dr. Cornell West has given us the benefit of his expertise. He's not being shackled or modified. He's not self-centering himself in the hopes of achieving some position at some white university. That he's going to give us the real deal. He's going to tell us he's straight. If not, the quality of what he's saying diminishes significantly, doesn't it? Now, that same thing applies. Now, I got a lot of respect for Dr. Cornel West. I'm using him as a placeholder because he's someone that I do respect. But the same thing holds true for all of us, whether it be Dr. Derek Hamilton, Dr. Sandy Darity, Dr. Elwood Watson, all three professors that have come on my show and spit some truth. 
The problem is, and we're falling for the okie doke because, and this is part of our fault. We choose. We choose to listen to these people. We choose to give them credibility. Credibility is given to people. We're the ones giving it to these folks. What's that thing, uh, what was that skit Dave Chappelle did? What would, what would Ja Rule do? Now I think Charlemagne's using a variation of it. It's a great bit. And it's not like Charlemagne's stealing it because it's like it's so well known. We know it's a takeoff of Dave Chappelle's thing. So it's all dope. It's, it's dope. But the point is, that's so significant because that's what we do. We worry about what the fuck Ja Rule thinks. Well, we shouldn't be worried about what Ja Rule thinks. Who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks? Unless we're talking about rap. Yeah. And we're talking about rap and how to make it in the music industry. And we're talking about how to go to jail, come back, and still be successful. How to maintain his position for 20 plus years in a business where people come and go. Some people never even see the light of day. This guy's been able to maintain and still, still be relevant. That's a hell of a story. But instead of us talking to him about that, or instead of us listening to him about the lane that he's in, now we want to listen to what this motherfucker think about 9-11. The space war, the space force. Donald Trump's hair. Bernie Sanders' platform. What the fuck does he know about that stuff? Instead of him being like, yo, what the fuck do I know about this stuff? Instead he goes, oh, time to build my brand. Free promotion. And blah, 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 blah. A bunch of diarrhea, nonsense, yipping and yapping and chipping and chopping coming out their mouths that don't mean nothing. And worse than that, it's misinformation. It's not helping nobody. And since we're black folks who tend not to trust mainstream or to realize, well, those of us who know what time it is, who realize that, um... Just because somebody says it's true, don't mean it's true. But with somebody we think we have trust, we'll ride with what they say. Look, man, I'm not here. To, I'm not. I'm really not trying to condemn Ja Rule. Okay, I'm not. I'm just using him because I'm giving the context. So here's the deal, guys. Back to Meek Mill. I'm not going to blame Meek Mill's circle. A lot of people will blame his circle. Why don't he have somebody in his circle? To me, when you say shit like that, you're just trying to deflect so you ain't got to be the bad guy. So you ain't got to take responsibility for having a fucking opinion. We ain't going to do that here. I'm too old. Fuck that. I don't got time for that. Meek Mill decided to do what Meek Mill decided to do. Okay? I don't give a fuck that he hired a black woman as an artist. That's the word. A black woman painted the bus. I don't give a fuck. It could have been a black chimpanzee or a black pit bull. I don't give a fuck that they taught to paint. It could have been anything. I don't give a fuck who painted it because you let them paint it and you didn't paint over that shit. So you a CEO with millions of dollars who decided to do this and you a grown ass man and I respect that. You're fucked up. Change your fucking bus. Respect those uh, that look up to you. Don't play the little Nas X game. Your name, Meek Mill. Your name, not Little Nas X. Last time I checked, Little Nas X wasn't trying to get black folks out of jail. We're trying to combat the criminal justice system because we know it's racist as fuck. You're on a whole nother level. And just because he's getting a lot of free promotion, you're, on a whole, you're still on a whole nother level because you are revered for something bigger than music. 
and bigger than brand awareness and bigger than controversy. You're revered because you stand for something. Don't fuck that up. Now paint over that shit. That's just my opinion. What the fuck I know? Do your thing. Do you. But I'm on the record. I'm on the motherfucking record. Damn, that went a little long, man. It was a little long. All right, so don't fall for the okie doke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, uh, how can I put this? Some of us are so caught up in this thing called diversity because we heard diversity is really important. And I've said it too. See, a lot of times what happens is we end up repeating shit without doing any research into the shit. Yeah, I'm here to tell you that a lot of this diversity stuff is bullshit. It's bullshit, Johnson. Case in point. I was sent a story. Mrs. Black sent me this story earlier this week. It's about a, it's about a, uh, here we go. It's about a judge, okay? It's out of a, it's out of a publication called ProPublica. And there's this judge that they did this expose on, this investigative miniseries. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they did a lot of work in this investigation. Now, the title is Black Children Were Jailed for a Crime That Doesn't Exist. Almost Nothing Happened to the Adults in Charge. It's a very intriguing title. I looked into it. Turns out there's a judge by the name of Donna Scott Davenport in a place called Rutherford County. Uh, what's that? Munsfreesboro? Munsfreesboro, Tennessee, Okay. And she was like this big-time juvenile judge. And she had become so powerful at this, in this position of the juvenile detention judge that she pretty much did everything on her own. She could get warrants issued. She could try, she could try people. There's no jury. And she could say how long you'll be in jail for juveniles. She's like a one-person machine. Handing down decrees like a monarch, like a like a like a czar, like deciding this one shall go to jail, this one shall be banished, this one a week, this one six weeks, this one and and remember we talk about kids, kids. Well, on April fifteenth, twenty sixteen, officers were sent to this this high, this uh, elementary school, elementary school called. Hobgood Elementary, okay? And they were told, arrest some kids. Pick up these kids and bring them to jail. Literally arrest children at an elementary school. Now, this is not unique. This judge had been doing this shit forever, okay? She had, under her, under her watch, some 1,500 children had been thrown into jail. Now, I don't know how long they were put in jail, but it's a traumatic experience for anyone, particularly if you are, uh, I don't know, five years old or six years old or seven years old or eight years old, 10 years old. This is what the judge done, has done to children, traumatized children, repeatedly, different children, just for a little bit more context to how fucked up this is. So you got 
You got Rutherford County, right, under this judge. Her, her incarceration rate for juveniles was 48%. 48%. That's high as shit, right? You know, you know, you know, it's more than just high as shit. Because in the state of Tennessee, the average is 2%. 2% of cases, 2% of interactions that little kids have result in them going to be arrested and put into the juvenile system. But under Miss Ruther, under Miss Davenport in Rutherford County, some 50, some 48%. Get what I'm saying? So this woman was violating these children's civil rights, shuffling them through the system. And on this particular day, April 15, 2016, on a Friday, she sent three officers to pick up these kids. All the kids she had picked up were black. This was such a fucked up situation. There was an officer, like a like a, one of those officers that hang around the schools. He knew all the kids. He knows all the, the faculty. He was so upset about what the teacher was doing, he faked sick and said, I ain't coming in today. I'm no, he left, the, he left the school and said, I don't even want to be here for this. This is horrific. I'm leaving. There was no way for him to stop it, so he left. That's how fucked up it was for him. He said he had chest pains all of a sudden because he felt that what this, judge, what this judge was doing doing, and what they were ordering him to help do was so unfathomable that he didn't want no parts of it. So three officers showed up, as I said. Two of the officers were black, one of the officers were white. The two black officers were very bothered about what they had to do. They had to go to school and pick up some children. And that felt like a real crime. Like, the worst part about it is what they're picking them up for was some made-up charge that doesn't exist as a crime. So, like, a couple weeks earlier, there was a fight off school grounds that made it to YouTube in a YouTube video of two little five-year-olds and six-year-olds punching at a bigger kid. Nothing happened. They were little. He's like, he's a much bigger kid. Nothing happened, but they were punching at him. And there were kids walking behind him that saw this happen. The judge's idea, her big idea was, all the kids that watch this thing happen, they should go to jail because they did not stop the five and six-year-old from hitting the bigger kid. Get what I'm saying? This makes sense? It shouldn't make sense because this shit is not a crime. It's not a crime to be a child and not stop another child from doing something unless that something is life-threatening, a serious felony, or could, re could result in serious injury or death. There is no such thing as a charge that this judge leveled upon these kids. And when I say kids, I mean one was in first grade, two were in third grade, one was in fifth grade. Like, these are little fucking kids. These are little kids. And why? Because she wanted to. Because these children are out of hand nowadays. And our children should be better children. And, and, and I'm not going to let them get away with that. And I'm going to put my foot down on all these young people. That was her speech. And she locked up black kid after black kid after black kid. Now these two officers that I spoke of earlier, two black officers were very upset. In this investigative piece that I read by ProPublica, 
They on the record as being very upset, very, very concerned. They did not like it. One of them, one of the officers by the name of Miles, he was physically like sick by it. He's got an eight-year-old daughter, eight-year-old daughter. And the thought of his daughter being arrested at school. And we're not just talking about, hey guys, um, come with me. No, we're talking about handcuffs. Handcuffs for little babies, taking them to court for fake charges of not breaking up a fight. There wasn't a fight. In fact, the videotape of the, the YouTube video that was uploaded was so fucked up, was so badly filtered, you couldn't make out who was in the video. Yeah, they just randomly chose kids. One of the children wasn't even in school that day. So they couldn't have been there. This happened on the way, after school on the way home. Oh no, at a basketball game. After they got off school, allegedly they went to the basketball court, played basketball, and that's when this took place. But anyway, the point is this. The point is this. We got these officers, these black officers. In the Rutherford Police Department, I guess it's called. They felt really bad about what happened. They felt really bad about what they had to do. And they had a white officer there. His name was Carol. Officer Carol, he was the heavy. He was the one adamant and argued with the principals and the administrators at the school who didn't want to turn the kids over. He bullied and intimidated the principal who didn't want to turn the kids over. The principal only turned the kids over because she was so upset because she thought they were going to lock her up too because she was fighting with them. And look, guys, remember, this is a scene. We got two black officers. We got a black administrator. We got a white officer. We got a white judge. And we got little kids, all little girls. I think one of them was a boy. Crying. Hysterical, screaming for their mothers. One of the children got sick and threw up on the floor. They put little kids in the car, took them to jail. The black officers who saw this happen, the black officers that took part in this, who reluctantly took part in this, they felt really bad. They felt really bad about what happened, what they had to do. The judge ordered it, it's in the order. Looking back, the white officer felt like, felt bad too. He's the one who cuffed the eight-year-old. He felt bad. He says, what I automatically do. I don't, I don't know why I put handcuffs on a, I don't know why I put handcuffs on a first grader and a second grade, a third grader, two third graders. I don't know why I did that. It's just what I do. I was an autopilot, just following orders. My point is this, and I mean this with all due respect to all my officers out there. What good is diversity if at the end of the day you're going to do this shit anyway? Yeah, what good is diversity at the end of the day this diversity don't get us nothing but reluctant conspirators? What good is diversity if all we do is get a black face to fuck us over too? What good is diversity if you don't have any authority behind the diversity in order to actually make a change? Of course, Officer Mills was upset. He had a right to be. He knew this was bullshit. How are you going to arrest little kids about something that happened on school grounds? There's no police report. There's no, there's no, no parents filed anything. Nothing like, there is no reason, no reason legally for these officers to go to the school during school day and embarrass these children, piss off their parents, 
traumatize these kids for the rest of their fucking lives and hold them in a fucking cell. No reason to process children. But you know what? You know, black kids, they so tough. That black kid ain't really sad, ain't really scared. That black kid's not really afraid. That black kid's not really traumatized. They faking it. That's what black people do. Now, if little sir's crying, that's a different story. Uh-oh, when Amber starts crying, we better stop what we're doing because Amber, she can't deal with this. But blacks, they'll bounce back. In fact, they ended up jailing 10 kids from this incident. That was never reported with a charge that's not a charge. They made up some bullshit like, uh, what's the, what's the made up name for this thing? Uh, it's not even a real charge. Negligible, no, they had no evidence. They had no evidence. I forget the number. Something's crazy like, uh, failure to, uh, intervene or some shit. Failure to intervene. Anyway, like I said, 10 children were picked up, all black, four were girls, six were boys. Every girl was released. Of the four boys, four boys were jailed. The point is this, guys. <clears throat> what good is it? Are we falling for the okie doke when we say we want diversity? I think we are falling for the okie doke when we say we want diversity. I think it's pointless if all we have is diversity. We need something much more intense than diversity. Diversity ain't gonna save us. You know what it'll save us? Cut the check. Yeah, cut the check will save us. You know why? Because of that racist ass. Power-hungry, horrible, garbage judge thought that those black kids came from families with money that will sue the shit out of that court. She would have done it. Nah, she would have done it. She would have thought better of it. But see, white folks know you ain't got no damn money. They know you don't have, they, they assume that black people are powerless and why, why, why can they assume we're powerless? Because by and large, we are fucking broke. Don't listen to these people that try to act like they don't know the condition of black people to a certain extent. Like, they might not know that the average black family's worth 10% of the average white family. They might not know the statistics, but they fucking know. Like, it's not like they're not in the realm of understanding that black people by and large don't have paper like that. Okay? So, what I'm telling you is, if we had money, this situation doesn't happen. But just having black cops ain't enough in a system that's horrible. In a system built on pushing black people, and in this case, black children, through a system that makes money for the state. Why else are you locking up children? Why is there a 48%? And don't tell me she's trying to clean up the fucking area. Will you clean it up? She makes up charges that don't exist in any citation books. There's no such thing as a failure to intervene. That's for cops. There's no failure to intervene in a slap boxing contest between a five-year-old and a six-year-old where no one called the cops and there's no injury. There is no such statute exists. She made up some shit. 
to make money for the state. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we find out that somebody's getting some kickbacks. Now, it turns out, it turns out, guys, and this is the best part about this. The best part about this is they have let her go. Well, she may still be a judge. I don't know. I've been looking to see if she's still a judge. But she's no longer, no longer an adjunct an adjunct professor at, at the local college, at the Murfreesboro, Tennessee State University. So she lost one of her gigs because this has gone viral. And also, but even better than that, there's a lawsuit that anyone born after October 1997 and jailed at the Rutherford County Juvenile Detention Center could file a claim and an $11 million settlement connected to the class action lawsuit. Point is, point is pretty clear, man. Point is pretty clear. When we think we're looking for diversity, we're looking for something else. Like, we don't want diversity, we want equality, right? Right? We want to be treated with respect. We, want our, we don't want police preying on us. Well, that ain't being accomplished by having black cops. We want our children to be educated in a system that doesn't undermine them. But that's not being achieved just by having a black teacher. Black teachers don't determine the class structure. They don't determine the curriculum. They don't determine who gets kicked out, who gets arrested. Um, none of these things. There's got to be more instances where that applies. A black face does not save us. And it's not just if the black face cares or not. The officer, I believe that Officer Mills and the other officer were very upset. In fact, if you look up this story, they went to, they went to, very de- they went to much detail to explain this story. How one of, the black fa- one of the fathers of one of the children came up to the jail and really yelled at this officer and got in his face. And, was, and the officer's like, man, I'm sorry, man. I wish I could do something, you know. And, they all, and the parent is like, fuck you, man. He's like, you're right, man. I know you, look, I'd be the same way if it was my child. So I don't, I'm not saying that this officer or these officers are sellouts. That's too easy. It's worse than that, okay? It's worse than black people are individual sellouts. I wish that was the case. That's fixable by getting rid of sellouts. Now, we're talking about the imbalance is so deep. It goes so far that that ain't going to be enough. It ain't just if you get rid of one bad commentator or if you get rid of one bad cop. You got a whole bunch of other cops. We got good cops. There's a good cop right now. There's a good cop. His name is Carl Cavalier. He's in Louisiana. He's a Louisiana state trooper. He blew the whistle on a story that I covered earlier this year or maybe last year of Ronald Green. Ronald Green was a motorist who was killed by the Louisiana State Troopers. They said he died, had a cardiac arrest, or he had some, some weed in his system. But he had blunt force trauma on his fucking head. That, would, that didn't come from the car crash. They lied about how this man died. 
It took over 400 days for them to turn over the actual body cam footage that proved that he was alive after the car accident. They lied and falsified documents saying he died in the car accident. Then we end up a year later with footage of Mr. Ronald Green alive and well, asking officers, please don't kill him. As they drag him out of the car and proceed to beat him the fuck up. Well, Carl Cavalier, he went public about it. He went public about it, called out the Louisiana Police Department, said how much this was, how horrible this was, said how they were covering up how racist they were. He also filed lawsuits about the racism that he's received, how he's seen uh, other heinous acts and racist acts in that law, in that law enforcement agency or in that, in that police station. And what do you get for it? He's about to be fired. They're going to fire and get rid of his ass. Right now, he's on paid leave. They're about to fire him. They sent him paperwork this week saying, we're about to fire your ass. So it's not just that we have cops that won't step up. That's not the only story of a black cop stepping up and saying, hey, this is racist. Hey, this is wrong. This is, this is, not, this is police brutality that we're, that we're witnessing. So it's not just that. I'm not saying we don't have some sellout cops. But what I'm saying is, even when we have cops that stand up, they get Bordeaux's because they don't have any power. They have no power because they're still operating within a system that doesn't give them power. They give, and, and it's even worse because if they were white cops, yeah, if they're white cops that do this, we're always on the lookout. Like, Sometimes I think we're kind of low to sleep because we got Don Lemon talking to us. Or we're low to sleep because we got Joy Reid talking to us. Or I'm just naming black people. And we forget that they only have jobs. They have jobs working for white companies. Or white companies with a particular political point of view. What's the white lady from Fox News? I'm sorry, what's the black woman on Fox News? Y'all know her name. It applies to her, too. And the black guy with the glasses. It applies to him, too. So this ain't about Democrats and Republicans. Both parties suck, Johnson. Both parties suck, Johnson. Come on, now. That ain't my damn point. The point is, when you see a black face, sometimes we think that black face got our back, but that black face is another part of a system. And there could be a white face. Same thing. What's the difference? Well, psychologically, you're thinking, oh, it's a brother. Oh, it's a sister. They wouldn't throw us under the bus and your ass right up under the bus. Badoop, badoop, right under the fucking bus. So we fall for the okie doke. What do we think? Hey, we see a black face. That's going to hold it down. Nah, if the black face or the white face is not in control. Yeah, if they're not in control, if they don't control their own destiny, if they don't control their own money, if they don't control their own viewership, if they don't control their own stability, if they don't control their enterprise, their distribution, if they got to go through this hoop and that hoop, and this person got to sign off, and that person got to approve it, these people got to fund it, if all this shit has to happen for them to put out the shit they're putting out or for them to have a job tomorrow, how you going to trust that? Now, what's one thing of his commentary about who's the best football team? It's one thing if it's a conversation about should you go see this movie or not? If Denzel's latest movie deserves an Oscar or not? 
But we're talking about real shit. We're talking about things that matter. We're talking about the education, the education, quality of education that our children get. And we're talking about mass incarceration. We're talking about police brutality. And we're talking about uh, reparations, and that's a good idea. And we're talking about a black agenda. And we're talking about things that matter. We're talking about environmental justice. And we're talking about things that matter to black people. And we're talking about our ability to move about this world, this country, as free human beings, pursuit of happiness, and have our constitutional rights intact. Well, man, that takes us being smarter and not falling for the okey-doke and thinking just because they got the complexion as ours that they got the same self-reflection and are there for our protection. Shout out to Paul Mooney. I know it's different, but it's the same concept. You know, recently, Stacey Dash came back into, she came back into the uh, limelight a little bit here. She's doing a I'm All Fucked Up tour. Yeah, when nothing else works, tell them to bite the bullet and just say, hey, I'm, I had problems. You know, I, I had a sex addiction. Uh, my dog died. I was on drugs. I liked the sauce. Something. Got to come up with something to try to like get back in with the blacks because at the end of the day, the white people use the shit out of you and threw you back. And look, man, I want to be, I want to be sympathetic. I want to be sympathetic to all the cools that want to come back and now rock with us. Because I understand, folks, I understand this system is jacked up. Who am I? I was a person on the left. The progressive left who thought I could barter my way into getting black issues front and center. I was the person on the left that believed, hey, Medicare for all, we all need health care. We'll get to reparations. Hey, clean water. We, we, we need clean water. By the way, Flint recently got their water upgraded. That's what I heard. We need clean water. Well, we'll get to a black agenda, right? Right, guys? Hey, hey, we're going to erase student debt. Yeah, let's erase student debt. Hey, what about reparations and black agenda part? So, yeah, man, I apologize. I apologize for fucking up. But my goal was always to get black people something for their vote. So who am I to come down hard on Stacey Dash now that she wants to come back? Now that she wants to... She's telling us about her life story, about how she became addicted to pills and... She's five years sober now. And when she said black people don't need black history money, black people create their own problems and with forced segregation when you have a black holiday. And when she said all these disparaging things about black people, just basically some of the things were just corny shit that white people put their hand on, you know, like puppet her ass to say. You know, who am I to, who am I to hold that against her? I'm right to hold it against her. Because what I did and what you did ain't the same thing. What you did was you sold black people out. I didn't. I just was dumb enough to think that these white people that said they are better than conservatives and better than liberals were actually better when they were just a little bit different. They're just a little bit better at hiding it. I'm the perfect person to call you out because I know what the type of shit you were on. I know what you get by being the type of motherfucker that you were. And I was the one who walked away from that. Now, I didn't walk away from $50 million, but I walked away for 100000 a couple hundred thousands. 
And then when you broke like I am, that hurts. When people talk about Dave Chappelle walked away for 50 million, wasn't like he went home, went home and moved in with his mama. <laughs> also ain't like he got a black wife at home going, what the fuck you doing? We black. So no, Sasha Dash, get the fuck, kick rocks. I don't want to hear about it. I'm glad you're not on drugs no more. What drug did you take that makes you throw black people under the bus so consistently for the last 15 years? That ain't a fucking quaalude. That's a crackatoo. That's a crackalude. That's a white appeal, a whiteoid. That ain't an opiate. That's a white appeal. Come on, man. Anybody falling for that shit? Now that you decide, now that Fox don't want you, you want to come back to the blacks. Well, we got, we ain't got room. We busy. We're too busy trying to get the white, the white power structure in America to cut the check. Something your ass never supported and probably still don't support now because the remnants of your cocoonery ain't gone away yet. <laughs> Look, guys. Well, you thought I was going to be nice. Fuck that. Fuck nice. We don't need nice. We need reality checks. We don't need nice. We need to get the check cut. We don't need nice. We need honesty and brutal honesty at that. Because don't nothing else work in this world. To cut through all the fucking noise, you got to be brutally honest. I learned that the hard way. Fuck nice niceties. Fuck being nice, making friends. At the end of the day, those, those progressives were perfectly happy with us not having shit as long as they got what they wanted. And I ain't happy with that. So you can't get shit, you can't get yours, and we don't get ours, and we got to get ours first. I'm Tim Black. Find me as real Tim Black. Facebook and Twitter. Tim Black and that on Instagram. Tonight, phone lines will be open at the the Tim Black Show. Hope you come through. Hope you call You call up. All right? Be a part of this. Go to TimBlackPause.com. Don't forget, this weekend, binge listen. Binge listen to the Tim Black Pause podcast. You get that by going to TimBlackPause.com. Cut the check. Kill the noise. People are old reparations. Reparations now. All my Johnsons. Wolfpack. Big K. Ayo, wait, hold up, pause, no debate, no applause, tired of the wait, man, we need a revolution, but you can't to the bait, we'll be down for the cause, I be late on a sauce, kill us down, for the cause, fuck up, round, get a public execution, better wise up, hold up, fuck it, pause. Pause like Tim Black, overwhelmed, but I gotta get my wits checked, we'll be preaching to the quiet like a hymn track, but we gotta make a dent, get the rich back. Laying in the street, we got brothers that overdosing Trying to help the poor with their handicap and emotion Both parties suck, take a minute and let it soak in They don't give a fuck, they be locking you up and smoking Both parties suck, Johnson with the serving up It's a lace concoction, spit it in a face Johnson, what the fuck you do with a snake when you boxing? Wanna fall in line with the face is an option I'ma send for mine, I'ma ride with my conscience If you want the right, I'd advise you with caution When they get the chance, so you out like an auction Fucked in, so controlled opposition Cunts down the boat and they roll their position Top down, yeah, I'm sold on the mission I ain't bring a coast, I'ma search for friction Faking these raps, give me conniptions They be out here serving their donuts like a religion Calling out these blasphemies, promises my addiction They ain't got no soul, yeah, they sold it up for a patient Wait, hold up, pause, no debate, no applause Tired of the wait, man, we need a revolution But you can't to debate, we be down for the cause I be late on a sauce, keep us down for the cause Fuck up, round, get a public execution Better wise up, hold up, fuck it, pause Ayo, time, fuck a conservative Ronald McDonald Clean, but you look and you sound like you off at the bottle Boy dress for the father, you see through the grip, so you need to let off of the throttle. Just the right, we decide that the Sabbath's the top of your man, we can walk through the basics. 
you ain't getting shots. Talking about race, motherfucker, you can shop for me and race. Yo, say you spitting facts, you clearly be in your feelings. Quoting Ben Shapiro, what else the fuck you can say? See, we didn't free the slaves, and you acting like we the same, like resigning effects, same thing, you fucking idiot. Right wing frauds really made me belligerent. Educate America, overcoming the ignorance. Big homie black, show you bitches the difference. Say I sister jobs, blaming it on the immigrants. Bro, for initiative, hold the line with the wolf pack. Giving me a shot, I was doing like I'm a fullback. Riding from inside the center, where your soul at. Can't strike blast, cause homie be full of bullcrap. ACAB, yeah, I'm bending the law, your system is broke. If you need this, and all, need to find intervention. Need it fixed by the gods, hold up, I'ma need to catch my breath. Pause. Wait, hold up, pause. No debate, no applause. Tired of the weight, man, we need a revolution, but you can't to the bait. We be down for the cause. I be late on a sauce. Give us down, hold up, pause. Fuck up, round, get a public execution. Better wise up, hold up, fuck it, pause.